Hey friends, it's Coley. Thank you so much for joining me for a new episode of Still With You. It's been more than a minute since I've shared through the podcast and I'm grateful for your patience and excited to be hanging out again, anticipating one of my favorite events that takes place each year, See You at the Pole. See You at the Pole is an annual gathering that began in 1990 as a grassroots movement with 10 Texas students praying at their school. Today, a few decades later, millions of students and their communities are still gathering on their local campuses to pray on the fourth Wednesday in September each year. If you've seen students coming together praying at a school flagpole, this is See You at the Pole in action. It is simply a prayer rally where students meet before school to lift up their friends, families, teachers, school, and nation to God. See You at the Pole is a student-initiated, student-organized, and student-led event. I had the opportunity to lead several of these in my junior high and high school experience, and it was always so much fun. And today on Still With You, we have the honor of hearing from an incredible leader from this organization, See You at the Polls National Field Director, Doug Clark. Doug serves as the promotion coordinator for See You at the Pole and is involved in networking in San Diego locally and helps lead a dynamic team of field leaders who currently serve hundreds of local networks in 10 regions across the United States. With his life dedication to youth ministry, he is more than qualified to present the history of this incredible prayer movement and share the hype for how each of us can participate in praying over this year's event. You do not have to be a student to be involved with See You at the Poll. There are so many ways that you can get involved. And See You at the Poll occurs very soon, September 28th, next week. I hope you enjoy every moment of this conversation and are encouraged to pray now more than ever with conviction and vigor for this upcoming generation. Prayer works. It connects us to Jesus. Please welcome National Field Director of See You at the Pole and our new friend, Doug Clark. Doug, thank you so much for making time to come on Still With You. If my seventh grade self was here right now, she would be freaking out. She would have never dreamed that she'd be talking with someone who is directly connected with an organization that like has changed my life. I don't use those words lightly. I mm. have so many things to share with you. I promise not to make this about myself. <laughs> but, well, that um, wouldn't be bad. Well, I just can't tell you how much this specific organization and the amazing kingdom work, it starts on the school campus and then it spreads to families, but it has truly carried into my life um, in ways that I'm so excited to share, and I never believed that God could use in such a big way. Oh, cool. Thank you so much for your hard work. Like, you have been beating the drum for this for a while, you and your entire team. And I just wanted to open this conversation with sincere gratitude. Oh, thank you. Well, from the very early part of my years of working in youth ministry, and it's been a few, it's always been a passion and a desire that God's given me and others around me to see. God move in a powerful way in the youngest generation of students, emerging generations, students, young people, teenagers, however you want to put the label on it right now, Gen Z, to the prayer of our heart is that there would be a moral and spiritual awakening that would break out as it has with young people multiple times in the history of our nation. And I could tell a story about that a little bit later, but um, we just dream that that would happen again. And the thing I pray for is that in my lifetime and in my call to youth ministry, 
that uh, we'd see God raise up another generation that would not only be part of a moral and spiritual awakening, but would be part of finishing the job of the Great Commission globally. And Jesus would look down and go, I'm coming back. (laughs) I learned a piece of your story that fascinated me. And correct me if I'm wrong with my facts, but I learned that you were kind of figuring out what you believed in, almost like what I identify as like an atheist, like you didn't believe in God. And then you had this where you are called into full-time, like pursuing the youth, fighting Jesus into their life, into youth ministry. Could you tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit about that gap Mm -hmm. of like how you go from not having a relationship with Jesus to being heart on fire for the future generation knowing him? Well, I was an Air Force brat. And so we moved around a lot and grew up going to church, part of a mainline church, got confirmed in that church. But when I got into high school, I saw through the shallowness of some of the people in the youth group, actually, that were a part of the church I was at. It was that time it was in Virginia. And I said, I'm done. And so we moved out to California in high school. I didn't want to have anything to do with church at all at that point, And I didn't. But there was a community of pretty sincere, authentic, and very loving people on my high school campus who were believers It happened to be through uh, the ministry of Young Life that they were connected, but they loved me and accepted me in a way that was irresistible. Love it. I mean, that definitely carries over into the dream that there'd be something like that on every campus in America, and there could be, and that's what we're working toward. But they loved me and welcomed me. The leader welcomed me and was patient with me and spent time with me. And when I went to a weekend camp in my junior year of high school, the speaker talked about Jesus wanted to have a personal relationship with me and what he paid for that on the cross. I couldn't say no. I said, if somebody wants to give that kind of effort to have a relationship with me, that's irresistible. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart. So that was the beginning of getting very involved and want to see my friends at school to have that same experience. And so we worked really hard my junior and senior year to let people know about it, invite them to club and share Christ with them. And we were pretty active that way. Eventually led to getting involved in a a church in Southern California. There was a point in time when I got involved with junior high and I I went to seminary, college seminary, putting everything together during a pretty tight package. I can recall the place I was sitting when felt the Lord say, I want you to give your life to youth ministry. That led me into full-time, and I've been doing it really part-time or full-time since 1974, so it's been a little while, but uh, got involved at one point with this ministry, the National Network of Youth Ministries, as a youth pastor, and connecting with others in my community, also helping support students on the campuses in our community in Southern California. That led eventually to a transition in my life where I've been working with the network and since the beginning of See at the Pole, really, have been connected with the National Network of Youth Ministry, supporting and helping promote this idea that students could come together and pray on their campus all over junior high, high school, colleges all over America and literally around the world. I mean, 66 different countries, millions and millions yeah. of students. How did you know serving the youth is the place you're supposed to stay? I mean, how did you determine and discern that it wasn't just for a season, that there was more to it than just Mm -hmm. a short time. Well, there was a speaker at a weekend when I was in seminary that talked about the call to youth ministry. And I resonated so much with what he was saying. It was almost like a literal voice of God saying, I want you to give your life for it. So I believe God spoke to me. I couldn't say I heard a voice, 
but I definitely felt the deep, deep, strong impression of the Holy Spirit that this was a call on me and I, I couldn't say no to. Something that you've shared before, and I've heard this from other pastors, and you can correct me if I'm not phrasing this properly, <laughs> you are more likely to continue to be in relationship with Jesus and continuing to identify as a follower of Christ if you commit before the age of 18, that it's more likely to stick with you. Oh, right. And my husband and I, we served in a college small group. This is a very small town. So we had a few high school juniors and seniors also joining our college small group. And I will never forget driving in the car, hearing a pastor say that, where I was like, jolted. Mm -hmm. This is real. Like they're real souls. Clearly, like you're an example of that. Yeah, You reached in such a crucial period of your life. When you speak to people who are directly influencing, I'm thinking of my circle of friends who directly influence 18 and below. What do you pray for them to be in the lives of those students? Back to your statistic, the most common number that gets thrown around in in my tribe is that 85% of those who receive Christ do so before the age of 18. Well, for a lot of them, it's children, youth, you know, but certainly the the likelihood that someone's going to receive Christ after they become an adult just goes down dramatically, and it keeps going down throughout their adult life. And so it seems like it should be a priority of the church Mm -hmm. to invest where there's the most response. Any marketing professional would do the same thing if they were selling widgets, right? (laughs) They would go, who's buying the widgets? That's where we're going to go, and we're going to set up a shop there. And so it should be the priority of the church to pray and give and mobilize to reap people when they're at their most reachable age. So children's and youth ministry to me should be the most important ministries that a church has doing something to reach the emerging generations. Not only just reaching them, I think of a quote from Kendra Creasy Dean that I've got it written down here. She said, young people in the church should be seen as load-bearing walls. Oh, wow. A friend uh, of our ministry and someone I've known for a while, Kara Powell, who's at Fuller Seminary with the uh, Fuller Youth Institute there, So when we give young people a bigger piece of the pie, it doesn't mean that someone else gets less. It means the whole pie grows. And so it should be the attitude of the church that we're increasing the pie, so to speak. Well, what does that mean then for anybody of any age who's an adult? We should be training and discipling young people, helping families to disciple their kids, because the most reachable place for a student is on campus. That's where they Mm -hmm. spend more hours of their week than anywhere else. So how can we help kids reach kids? Because The best missionary for another student is a student. How can we help equip those people that are working with them, their parents, teachers, and assisting youth leaders? And then going back to the one priority that Jesus gave us, he said, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, so we should plan and have programs. And no, he said we should pray. Pray for more workers. To the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers. And so investing time in finding creative ways to pray for students at the church, on the campus, walking around schools, whatever it might be, praying with them. There's so many exciting different initiatives that have been created of of friends that I know who have found ways to reach and pray for students and to pray for them during this age time. Those should be a priority for the church. See you at the poll began in 1990, and it was a group of like 10 freshman Mm -hmm. students at their campus in Burleson, Texas. 20 years later, millions of students are still gathering at their flagpole the fourth Wednesday of September annually. When that began, because you've been Mm -hmm. at the forefront of helping lead this, 
when I think of see with the pole, I still get this like excited buzz of energy of like what this means and just the excitement for how God is going to move. When you were in the inception of the organization and really walking through that, was there that buzz of like creativity? What was that like in its organic stages? It was very organic. And that's a good, that's a good word. I've never used that word for a see at the pole before, but that's a perfect description <laughs> because you mentioned it was a group of students. It was that handful of freshmen in a weekend retreat. They call it Disciple Now. It's very popular still yeah. in youth ministries across, especially in Southern Baptist circles. They were all Southern Baptist church and uh, Burleson, Texas. They had volunteer leader, a uh, couple in their, in their home. And there was a time on a Saturday morning when they just were surrendering everything to Jesus. All the work that that youth pastor, Rick Eubanks was the name of their youth pastor, all the work that he'd done was happening in this one home. They went that evening then to go to some of the schools. They felt directly led to go to some of the schools in the community around Burleson and go and pray for them and felt a sense of God's presence that was unmistakable. Well, when it got reported back to Rick, even though they'd broken the rules and left the house, they weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> he carried that story to a planning session of other Southern Baptist leaders that were planning a statewide evangelism conference. Now, this is going from early spring to something that was going to happen in June of 1990. So June, Reunion Arena in Dallas, tens of thousands of kids from all over Texas. The leader challenged them to pick one day, a morning on September as they went back to school to pray. And they called it See with the Pole because yeah. they were going to meet at their flagpole. How do you coordinate this You know, across the whole state? Well, everybody meet at their flagpole. That just was the simplicity of it. And that's why, you know, the name and that's that's the location. So they gathered and and that September, they thought there would be maybe three or four thousand people that would carry the vision forward to September. But in fact, it was over 50,000 and it already had spread to three other states. We talk about a buzz. There was something that in the words of James Dobson back in the day, he said it was a God-breathed idea. So nobody could really take credit for something the Holy Spirit initiated yeah. through their planning, certainly, but it spread and there was a word of mouth and there was a time. It was like God was ready to do something. They came then to us. That was Southern Baptist in Texas, but they came to us, the National Network of Youth Ministries. I heard about it a month later and said, this is bigger than our denomination. This is something that we need to own wider. And because we're a cooperative ministry that works with a lot of different denominations at the network, they said, you should just take this. And giving it away was a huge thing mm. for them to do. They could have, and it would have been a big Southern Baptist thing. I think they made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, they wanted a kingdom thing. And so they were ready to give it away. Yeah. They came and asked us a couple of different times. And finally, we were coordinating promotion then and used the word buzz. It was as every phone call I made, it was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Every denominational leader, FCA, Youth for Christ, Young Life, they were all just like, oh, of course, we'll tell everybody we know about it. And so that first time we did in 1991 as a national thing with a minimum of coordination, really, it just had that same grassroots organic feel to it. And that to us was a clear mark of the work of the Holy Spirit as being the time. And so this prayer, God, breathe in and bring awakening, we thought maybe this is part of it. And I still continue to believe that 
that that would be something that is part of what God wants to do with this generation. And it may be at see at the poll is only a part of it. I wouldn't say there's millions now. I'd say there's millions that have participated. The um, pandemic has not been kind to, yes. <laughs> to yeah. trying to do something on campus the last couple of years, uh, but it uh, it got reestablished this last September and we're hoping it'll just continue to grow and that God would just move with it again. Well, Doug, something that I'm so curious about because when I led CU at the poll at my campus, I led it for five years starting in 2018. I was just a seventh grade student who had no idea what I was doing, but something that even in the short amount of time that I had the opportunity to lead and participate, there was so much movement of technology. Like I remember when you guys inserted that we could hashtag, hashtag if then, please share this with your friends on social media. And to think about the beginning stages in 1990, how you were probably using a landline. Hey, track recorders. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't even have a Spotify (laughs) playlist for the music to at my campus. I had to create a disc. How has your team evolved on the community? communication level. No, it's gone from having no media to having promotional materials that were on VHS to putting things on a CD, putting on a DVD, and now everything's just, you know, digital as as you would expect. Let's go back though. You just barely touched on something I think that is really key to this whole thing. I want to hear the experience you had and what it did for your faith for your listeners to understand what happens in a young person. They're not protesting. They're not going on campus to demand their rights. If they are, they're missing the point of see at the pole. But they are exercising their ministry as being a missionary to their campus. But you did that first person. So your story is really valuable. And I'd love to hear. I might ask you a couple of questions. I'll be the interviewer here for a minute. (laughs) All right. You take Uh, over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But talk about your experience and how you got involved doing it. But then what it did, especially for your faith. I was in seventh grade when I heard about See You at the Pole. I think my mom introduced it to me. And I think I probably heard about it on K-Love or something. Yeah, we used to use. That was kind of a place in my life where I was really trying to figure out my identity. And obviously like my true identity is found in Jesus, but that's a place in your life where you're just wrestling about like, well, who am I? Like, do I like basketball? Do I wear tennis shoes to school? Do I wear a dress? You know, like there's all those little other questions too, about like, who are you? And in the midst of that, I think that's such a beautiful age when the Lord will begin to reveal himself to you and who he is in your life and who you are in him. And I kind of just grabbed a hold of it and was like, okay, God, I don't know what's next, but my parents are kind of saying this might be a cool opportunity. So I'm going to step out in bravery. Thank goodness I had a brother. So at least I had one person who would attend to see you at the poll with me. So I just grabbed some friends and kind of put it out there in my church. I remember just for the first time, like getting on Microsoft Word and like being like, okay, like this is what I'm going to like send out to my friends of like what this is about. And here's the link. I just had a few gatherings at my house. Like we tie dyed some shirts for those who are like leading. I do remember, and this is something that I think that you as an organization are not given enough credit for is that you all are in the business of bravery and making leaders because those leading CU at the poll is completely legal because it's student-led as long as it stays within that student-led zone. One of the things that I remember from the website and just from hearing others speak about is that it's a good courtesy to go to your school board to say, you know, this event will be happening and kind of getting their blessing, even though 
I don't think we needed to, but it's such a good courtesy to do to let them know, hey, this is where students are going to be on campus. I remember having to like write up a little thing and go to the school board, like dressed up. And so I'm telling you that and learning how to communicate if someone is in that leadership role. The prayer was amazing watching God move on campus, but the posit of leadership and teaching me how to be brave and stand up and be bold, that did a huge work in my heart. Mm-hmm. I think that taught me so much about how to be a young professional. It scared me so much because I was surrounded by high schoolers, like people who were so much, but I went to, through it to a K through 12 school. So it was really cool because okay. I had kindergartners all the way to like 18, 19 year olds that were attending. And I just felt so small, but at the same time, like looking back, I'm like, I think I'm so glad that God gave me the grit to learn how to trust in him. Even when I did not know what I was doing. Wow. That's so cool. What did it feel like then for you actually leading it? And what did it do for your faith? And maybe your attitude toward the school itself and your friends. I went to a really, really small school. So often I think that there's this pressure that you would have at a big school, meaning like, I don't know if people are going to know that I'm a Christian or, you know, having that social networking, that opportunity when a student shows up Mm -hmm. at the poll, you can say, oh my gosh, like I'm in geometry with you or you're on my basketball team. Didn't know you were a believer, you know, but at a small school, people knew me and people knew that I love the Lord because I like would invite them to youth group, had a Christian t-shirt on and just kind of some of the language that I would use. Like people already knew with my story specifically, I think that there's been this like shedding of, oh, Coley's like the good girl. Coley does this and this and that. And I think that I had to like really just trust that I was, I'm not living up to a stereotype. (laughs) I'm actually just putting my faith in Jesus. And I believe that prayer needs to be on my campus. And I want to invite students to have the permission that they can say the name of Jesus boldly. And I think that that grew within every year. I'm not going to say that the junior high me stepped up with that, but eighth grade Coley did it better. Ninth, you know, I was, I felt like it just continued to allow me to grow in my faith by trusting that God was going to show up. And I mean, one year we had rain and so we had to meet in the mm-hmm. library. And I remember that was like a big deal that we're like location yeah. change and like learning how to navigate that. But I think what it did in my faith was show me that God doesn't give up. He sticks around. What I love about CEO the Pole, it is a sacrifice of first. Like you really um, honestly kind of teach students how to even tie their time of we give our first month, like the first, the first month of the school year, like mm-hmm. we pray, mm-hmm. like this is, we're going to invite got in. Being able to put that I led CEO at the poll on my resume, that was a huge thing to be able to take to like my future employers and be like, yes, I organized this amount of students for this. I think there's those unspoken things along with my faith that God is just like, sure, give it to me and I'll use it. Have you found that to be true? Like, do you see other students' stories and it's just prayer, like watching God like pour out his spirit on campuses, but also like So you at the poll, like I said, you guys are in the business of bravery. Well, you've touched on something I think that is something we want to see happen and have noticed God doing in schools every year. And that is usually there's someone or a small core of people who are the initiators, but then they are reaching out then and getting others involved. So there's a promotional side of it. It's also identification then with the other people and in a larger school, especially There is a lot of that looking across the circle and going, that person that just prayed so fervently, I had no idea they were a believer. They do sit next to me in algebra. And now I have something to connect with them. 
Now, how can we take that and we found each other? How can we go the next step toward reaching our friends? What's the next thing? What else does God want to do here? This was cool. And it provides sometimes an introduction or people asking questions like, are you guys out there worshiping the flagpole? And it, I didn't know it was May Day, you know, and yeah. uh, a bunch of pole worshipers, you know, all yeah. the different comments that yes. come up or even physical violence has happened in yeah. some locations where people have been pushed or thrown or hit or, you know, different things have been done, thrown at them, whatever, even arrested <laughs> in one case, at least. There's that courage of finding each other and working together, but then taking it the next step. And then opening conversations to can be disarming. We were praying for you and praying for our school. And uh, by the way, is there anything else you would want me to pray for you for? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, then people would take that seriously and provide an opportunity to share Jesus with them. A lot of times in many communities, there's a an event that night and I saw you at the poll or see you after the poll event. And can come together and it could be, hey, look what it was a great thing. It was so fun this morning. By the way, here's what this is all about. And it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. So it provides that opportunity. I do think that that's some of what can happen on the campus. Step it back again to the adult. They form like an outer perimeter, if you will. And they might be in another circle on the campus. They might be at the church praying, at the city hall praying. They might be at home praying. But their prayer is all reinforcing what's happening on that campus. And one of my favorite stories in Oklahoma City, you know, some years back, was the school buses were pulling up and the group of students were over praying by the flagpole, not far from where the buses were pulling up. And this one girl got off the bus. I heard this from a youth pastor who watched this happen. So the girl got off the bus and she stood and just almost frozen watching the kids praying for a little bit. And she kind of turned around and sat on the curb and just began crying. Well, there was a teacher right there who came over and said, you know, is everything okay? What's the matter? She said, those kids, they're praying for me. Well, she was way too far away to know. But in the spirit realm, there was something happening to her heart that uh, was happening as a result of their prayers. Well, it just so happened the teacher was a believer. And it just so happened the teacher led her to faith in Christ right there on the spot. Oh, my gosh. Well, now the teacher can walk her over to the students and say, this girl, because you prayed for her, she just asked Jesus into her heart. So can you help her get connected to some other Christians and be her friend and take her to church and whatnot? It's like, yeah. So there's immediately a community on the campus because the students were praying because there were adults around. Well, there was a network of youth workers that helped those students and that teacher all be there at that time. There was an assignment. And so the teacher wasn't there by accident. There was some organization that adults took place, you know, on the outside to help make that happen and then support it and encourage it, that it's all working together to help reach the school. Adults and teachers and those who are not students have the opportunity to really, you know, be the covering of prayer Mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. I think that something that I've thought about in a lot of prepping for this conversation is I just thought about how we should not ever underestimate the power of prayer. It's not unheard. And I've kind of read some Mark Batterson stuff. I really like his work. And um, he talks about how like, he talks about praying through something, not praying for things, which I love, but like how prayers exist outside of time and outside of space. And I think about the prayers that seventh grader Coley prayed on campus. And, you know, the prayers that I prayed when I was a junior and senior for God to work in our country, for God to move in the lives of my friends. 
those friends still exist. That school still stands. My prayers, God still has heard those prayers. So I hope that like as friends listen to this, whether they're a parent or that an older sibling or, you know, someone on a college campus to take prayer seriously and that God does hear these and he does move. I mean, like we're two or more gathered. He is there. God asked us to pray because it works. <laughs> like it really does. Right. It does move the heart of the father. How has your prayer life changed since you have been the national field director for <laughs> Sea at the Fall? Like how has it grown or how has it shifted? Well, there's an author, um, Eugene Peterson, the guy that wrote the Message Bible. He wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I think if there's one aspect of what I and other people of my generation, other baby boomer youth leaders <laughs> are agreeing on is that we want to keep praying and keep believing. And you mentioned that those prayers aren't wasted. It brought to mind an image that's in the book of Revelation of these bowls that are poured out, and it's the prayers of the saints. I get a chill when I think about this, but God saves our prayers. They don't just go up and evaporate. They become part of that bowl. And so we challenge students to not only pray and see at the pole, but see that as a moment. It would become beyond that a movement of prayer. Any revival, it seems like in history, there's been a persistence. There's been something more than just a flash in the pan, you know, instant prayer awakening. It happens because somebody just really, really got involved in praying fervently. And so there's a bunch of us in youth ministry that over a lot of years have been praying that God would move in a powerful way with this yeah. generation. And yeah. we hope that those are those prayers add up, you know, and compound. Added to the prayers of students. So if see at the yeah. polls the moment, how can we then encourage students to pray in a movement? And we've actually partnered with in see at the poll, a group called Claim Your Campus, who have taken the idea of see you at the poll and they do it every day. And so there's a group of students praying every single day on the campus. And it might be different students taking each of the five days of the week, but that they keep praying throughout the year and they're praying for justice and they're praying for God's mercy. They're praying for the needs of the people on their campus. So they're contextualizing this and just making it continue to pray. Well, those things get all part of the bowl too and added together. And I just heard recently of uh, someone that's on, on our team that's in, that's in Cincinnati and they heard from a principal when they began praying for this school, this is a very re recent, real-time story, they said that they've had a 64% drop in discipline incidents on the school since these people began praying. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, that is incredible. Absolutely. Well, yes. that just creates an at atmosphere of peace on the campus. Well, what can happen when that peace spreads? The love of Jesus can spread. And so it yeah. creates a, a great, a better atmosphere you know, for evangelism to take place on the campus. So it matters. Something that you and I chatted about just before we pressed record was prayer walking. And I am yeah. so thankful that you brought this up because I have not had the right opportunity to talk about this. And I think Doug, it was just waiting for you. So could you talk a little bit about prayer walking and like how that could be a part of your prep for CU at the poll as a bystander or right, as a right. person who is going to attend in support of the student body? And I think anybody who's listened to this said, boy, that's kind of exciting. How can I be part of it? How can I participate in a movement of God in my generation? There's a lot of ways to do it. And there's there's been people who've created a, a really phenomenal initiatives and put some structure around 
these different things. For students, claim your campus that I just mentioned. Pray every day at your school. Yeah. Uh, adults, uh, in I live in San Diego, California, and the Poway Unified School District, there's a couple of Young Life guys here in our network of youth workers that take people every Wednesday and Friday, and we, they go and they prayer walk a school. We pray for the Lord to send out harvesters. We pray for workers. We pray for Young Life. We pray for the churches. We pray for the teachers. We pray for the students and the families as they just literally walk around the school. Yeah. And so that's a simple thing. Who could do that? Anybody could do that. Yeah. Pop in your AirPods and listen to worship yeah. music and go for a walk. Like you can exercise and pray. I was telling you earlier, I walked at a funeral the other day. I just like walked up and down the rows. That was a little bit more obvious, but also there's mm-hmm. a, there's a chapel here near the mm-hmm. military base that we live by. No one would have ever known that I was prayer walking, but I was prayer walking for people to know Jesus. So, And you could do it by yourself. You don't have to plan it ahead of time. It's like, I've got 20 minutes right now. I'm going to go pray for that school. We have something called Prayer Zone Partners that was actually started by the Assemblies of God Church. And they have a whole program with, you know, materials that you can get. And the idea is that when you go through that school zone and you see the yellow sign that says slow down, you use that time to pray for that school. Oh, I have not known this. I love that. And I have a close friend that he, and when I'm driving along with him, he says, oh, school. So we stop and as we're driving down the road on our way to lunch, we'll be praying for this school. It's just a, you know, it's a flash thing. It's really, really quick. Adults can pray as a part of see at the poll, as I mentioned, from doing it off campus during the time that students are praying. I have another friend who has a campaign called Pray With Me. And the idea is that adults in churches would partner with a student in their church, and they would pray for the needs of that student over and develop a relationship with a student and just become like their prayer buddy. And to see them at church, ask them, what's going on in your school? What are your needs? How can I pray for you? You'd, I realize the support that the student feels. We mm-hmm. as a church commission missionaries. We send them all over the world. Does the church have the mentality that we commission missionaries? and send them as teachers and students onto a public high school, even a private school campus, to be missionaries to that school. How could we support that? What if we had a prayer rally in a worship service, we brought the teachers and the students to the front, and we laid hands on them, commissioned them, prayed for them, and then because we've commissioned them as missionaries, we show support for them throughout the year praying for the schools, making that a priority that the church says, this is a priority mission field. This is where God is working and reaching more people because they're under 18 than they will later. So we're going to make that a part of our church program. And it can just fit seamlessly so many ways into our everyday life. Moms in Prayer is a partner, and they have the moms that meet in a home uh, for a group of students in a school for an hour a week. And They don't just sit and drink coffee. They sit and they pray. They pray scripture over a school, and they've been a a marvelous partner. Teachers themselves, there's a a group called Christian Educators Association International, and and there's other teacher organizations, but that they support teachers who are Christians that can encourage one another. So there's really something for every person sitting in the pew on Sunday morning to find a way to get involved in praying for students and for schools. And it can be a spontaneous and unorganized or it could be something that has structure. And this year, see you at the poll is held on Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Mm-hmm. How do you all pick 
the theme every year. Like I know that there has been different verses that are kind of shared. And so I'm wondering how does your team find that verse and really put that out there for people to be focusing on? It's it's the word aflame. We really desire that God would kindle something as a fire in the hearts of this generation. And so using the words aflame and it's taking Romans 12, 11 and 12, it says, never let the fire in your heart go out, keep it alive, pray. And so we're kind of running a little bit with fire theme. We've never used that before with see the bowl. It seems kind of natural because it's in scripture. You ask how, um, I think there's some brainstorming and prayer that's involved in it between our ministry national network and then the ministry in Burleson, Texas, uh, student discipleship ministries. They do all the materials and promotional stuff for see at the poll. I just want to point out, by the way, as an aside, you don't have to spend a penny to do see at the poll. It's it can you know free, but there are promotional materials available and a lot of stuff available for free to help you create your own materials if you want it. But we do have this theme and we share it with those that are in other yeah. countries as well if they want to use it and they generally do. So there's a sense of unity and commonality about it. Uh, but that's our theme for this year, a flame exclamation point. We're praying that God would light some fire. We'd love to see a brush fire of the Holy Spirit just spread literally across the country and around the world. You mentioned t-shirts and this is, of course, like you said, you don't have to spend a dime for uh, See You at the Pole. The merch you all have put out is so cool. Like all of my See You at the Pole shirts ended up in my senior quilt. I loved seeing the evolution of design that y'all had. If then was one of my favorite years and then Converge was another year and then Engage many years later. And I still remember those words that were spoken over me, prayed over me. I'm so excited to see this year. I'm stoked. I really am. Well, that's great. Using scripture allows it to have the impact, hopefully, of helping form the identity of the people who are participating in it. So that's important. How can we pray for you personally or professionally and then your team? What can we do to get behind in, in this small time that someone has in their car, on their <laughs> treadmill? What can we pray for you, Doug? The thing that would thrill me the most is to see the realization of the very things that we've okay. talked about in this podcast, that God would ignite something in this generation and it has to be the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. You can't conjure up a revival. Yeah, that's good. It has to be God's sovereign work to do it in his time. And to this point, he hasn't said yes, that we would have this global spiritual awakening. The last time that's happened in the history of our country has been around 1904 with a revival that started with one girl um, in in Wales, and it spread across the ocean and impacted people all across our nation and in other countries around the world. And we had the Jesus movement that happened in the 70s and the 60s, 70s. And 80s, and I'm actually part of a church that began back then from that. It wasn't what I would call a global spiritual awakening, though. So it's been 100 and almost 120 years, the longest in the history of our nation that there's ever been uh, this gap of not seeing a widespread moral and spiritual awakening. And I think you would excite me more than anything to pray that God would do that again. Oh, that you would revive us again and restore our hearts to him. Uh, Our nation needs that desperately. We're so torn apart and it would change our culture. It would change the disunity and division that we have in our country in dramatic ways. It would change some of the moral and 
spiritual issues that are going on in our country that um, grieve God so much. It would alive the church. There's so much that could happen. And that's what I want to see happen. I'm uh, well into my 60s, but I'd love to see, you know, that happen before I go to meet the Lord myself. I cannot believe how much hard work and how much perseverance. And I use this earlier, this metaphor, but like, I feel like you have been beating the drum for this for a long time. You literally were a leader to me. Like you helped me through like junior high and high school, like you leader, like I, when I pray, I pray that I want to have that long walk of obedience. And so looking at your life and looking at CEO the pool as an organization, I pray that the Lord will continue to use what lane I have to help come alongside and support that and take it seriously. I want to thank you. I appreciate what you've done for me because that's affected my marriage. It's affected my family, affected my community. Sincerely, I cannot tell you enough. Just thank you so much. I wish I could like buy you coffee or do something to say thank you to your family for the sacrifice. (laughs) Well, you've made my day uh, today with just this conversation. It's really uh, encouraging to me. Well, good. I'm excited. There are multiple generations involved in believing that God's going to do that right now. One of the leaders in our little cadre of people who help form and uh, create some of the the themes and so forth is is a young woman, Olivia Williamson, who uh, is part of Claim Your Campus. I don't think she's 30 yet, but she's part of, of that generation too. And to be able to partner together as a brother and sister to work together to continue this dream. And, and to work with you. And so the fact that you're enthusiastic about it and it's impacted your life just gives life to me. So that's that's cool. The show is called Still With You. It comes from Psalms 139.18 that just says, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. And it's just a promise that I love that the Lord is still with us, even if we don't even realize like we're asleep to what he's doing. He's still there. And so this question is for you personally. Do mm-hmm. not answer on behalf of See With The Pole. Tell me, Doug, like where is God still with you? I look back at 50 next month, it'll be 51 years since God revealed himself to me in a way that that I became personal Mm. for the first time in my life. I'd done religion, but I had never had a personal relationship. And for 51 years, he has shown himself faithful. And often in my heart, and as I'm just going to the midst of something else, the words of the chorus that you probably sung at church, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing the goodness of God. I, I I can stand on that. He's still with me because he's been taking me through times when I was trying to pull away. Yep. Even as a young child of his, you know, being rebellious. And he's patiently and lovingly stuck with me all these years. And, uh, my life first, Philippians 1 6, and confident in this very thing, and he who began a good work in you and me will continue to perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so there's this long, I said long obedience in the long direction, but there's a long faithfulness, the chesed, the, the faithfulness of God from generation to generation as a father and as the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it's a relationship <laughs> and it's been real and he's still with me. Have you wrote a book and I'm just like missing it? No. Have you thought about it? I've written a lot of little things related to see at the pole or for our ministry, but and I write to our prayer supporters every month, the ones who help us as missionaries be able to do what we do. I want to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And I wanted to, I mean, like, if you haven't thought about that, you should 
pray on that. I feel like I would love to hear a book mm. from you. I think that would be so fun. <laughs> I'll pray over it. <laughs> I was going to say. I, I've told the Lord more than once. I said, I'm not going to write a book over something's already written. There's no point in doing that. I'll just send people to that book. But if it's uh, if he's got something fresh, then. Yeah, but we haven't heard it from your words and your story. And I'm pushing that on your side of the table. I'm just saying, I don't, I wanted to make sure that you hadn't written a book. And now I'm going to say, maybe you should pray about that. I don't know. I would love to read a book from you. You're (laughs) welcome back here anytime. You don't have to, you can just literally like do the Google invite yourself. Like I would love to have you back anytime. Any member of your team that wants to come on, see you at the poll has a place here all day, every day. I opened with gratitude. I can't say thank you enough to you, your team, your family, the sacrifices. So gracious. Thank you. I will put all the ways friends can like connect with you at the poll in the show notes so they can find, you know, syitp.com. So excited for this year. It's going to be fire. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Doug. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Quick recap before we wrap up this episode. If you would like to connect with Sue at the Pole, you can visit syatp.com. This is the same handle to connect with Sue at the Pole on Instagram, syatp. Very easy. And if you would like to hear more about Doug and his story, please just search Sue at the Pole or Doug Clark on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I'll link to a few extra episodes in the show notes, but he is on several other shows sharing as a guest about this incredible organization. I've had the privilege of listening to a few and they are worth tuning into. I love all the stories he shares and who is now campaigning for a book from Doug Clark. Join me in this. And I love this organization. It's so close to my heart. So I pray that you get involved in some way, whether this be on your morning commute, driving by a high school or an elementary school, just praying for the students, or this be encouraging your child, a sibling, a friend to get involved on their campus. It's so exciting when we come together in Jesus's name. He is going to do an incredible work this year. Alongside Doug, I also want to thank our friend Yamari for sharing her single Where the Light Dances on every episode of the podcast, including this one. You're listening to it right now. And if you want to give it a few extra spins, you can find Yamari on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen. And her handle on social media is Yamari. Check out all of the cool creative things that this songbird is doing. She is so special and I'm so grateful to share her work. And if you like to connect with me, I would love to say, hey, my handle on social media is Coley Browning. It's the same for my website. I would love to pray for you, encourage you, however I can meet with you. Let's connect. And thank you as always for listening to Still With You. I am so excited about what God is doing this year. This has been a crazy season for my family and I in moving and transition, but we are trusting in Jesus every single second. It's not easy, but it is always worth it. And I challenge you to do the same. Go out into this world, be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you.